are listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Today on the show, The Atheist Delusion. Life, the Universe, and Everything Else is a program promoting secular humanism and scientific skepticism produced by the Winnipeg Skeptics. You can email your questions, comments, or criticisms to us at l-u-e-e-podcast at winnipegskeptics.com. Show notes, references, and relevant links can be found at l-u-e-e-podcast.wordpress.com or at winnipegskeptics.com slash blog. My name is Ashlyn Noble, and I'll be your host today. We have a somewhat larger panel than usual to make up for our very small panel last month. <laughs> um, so today with me, I have Lauren Bailey. Hello. Ash Brokowski. Hello. Jim Newman. Hi. Hoxley Newman. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need Foley effects for the baby. <laughs> Laura Creek Newman. Hi. And David Bonnock. Hello. So we have a few pieces of business to take care of at the top of the show. First of all, we wanted to let you know that we, as the Winnipeg Skeptics, do still, in fact, host events, and you should come to them. Uh, we had a great pub quiz yesterday, uh, hosted by our own Jem Newman, and we got to do a lot of really cool trivia about homeopathy and the living world and inventions and discoveries, and we ended up with a half a point difference between the teams, which was a lot of fun. Because I'm a softy. <laughs> he gives away half points if you beg. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, if you make a cogent argument. <laughs> so you can find those those events online or via our newsletter. How do you sign up for our newsletter, Jim? So you can go to winnipegskeptics.com and write on the that uh, on the front page there will be a link to sign up to the newsletter and there will also be a link to our events page which is uh, at winnipegskeptics.com slash events and also you can find them on Facebook as well and we'll usually tweet about them too. <laughs> or find Ashlyn and Gem on Facebook they'll promote them. <laughs> <laughs> the events page is updated as I get around to it as soon as Gem harasses me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I try and get them up as soon as possible. Maybe if it was cat memes you'd post it more. Yeah, that didn't work out too well either. <laughs> that used to be my job on the Winnipeg Skeptics blog was just memes. And there's like six of them maybe. <laughs> um, in other news, Jem got a ridiculous email forward lately and he wants to share it with us. Yeah, uh, I'd like to talk about this. Uh, it's one of those chain letters. Uh, I, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, the family member who sent it to me prefaced it with... Uh, Sad but true. Remember, youngins, we older farts lived this in the 50s and 60s. Uh, so I'm going to re read this email, I guess in its entirety. It's not super long. It is super awful, though. Are you going to preface each line with indent, 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 indent? <laughs> so, so many. There are so many of them. How many re-re-re's did it have at the beginning of the, the title? Well, a lot of email clients will filter those out now. Oh. <laughs> so, Technology. Uh, <laughs> so the email begins By today's standards, none of us were ever supposed to make it High school, 1957 versus 2016 Scenario 1 Oh god Jack goes duck hunting before school and then pulls into the school parking lot with his shotgun in his truck's gun rack 1957 Vice principal comes over, looks at Jack's shotgun, goes to his car and gets his shotgun to show Jack 2016 School goes into lockdown. FBI called. Jack hauled off to jail and never sees his truck or his gun again. 
Oh no, not his gun! <laughs> well, what happens to the principal's gun? Counselors <laughs> called in for traumatized students and teachers. I have a serious question. What about the ducks? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Scenario two. Johnny and Mark get into a fist fight after school. 1957. Crowd gathers. Mark wins. Johnny and Mark shake hands and end up best buddies. Because that's totally how that scenario plays oh, out. Oh, totally. Yeah. Every, Every time. time. Yeah. There's 2016. Police called and SWAT team arrives. They arrest both Johnny and Mark. They are both charged with assault and both expelled, even though Johnny started it. When do they get That's relevant. That? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who calls the SWAT team on a fist fight? Uh, literally nobody. This <laughs> literally never happened. Oh, well, I, sorry. I shouldn't have assumed they're both white. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, scenario three. Jeffrey will not be in class. He disrupts other students. 1957. Jeffrey sent to the principal's office and given a good paddling by the principal. He then returns to class, sits still, and does not disrupt class again. I've seen that movie. <laughs> 2016. Jeffrey is given huge doses of Ritalin. He becomes a zombie. He is then tested for ADD. The family gets extra money, SSI, from the government because Jeffrey has a disability. Wait a second, he gets what? Ritalin before he's tested for ADD? <laughs> yeah, Very because strange. because Big Pharma. Yeah, let's just dose them. They just keep it in the principal's office oh, and yeah. just inject the kid. And like SSI <laughs> is just like waiting to hand out that rich disability money. Oh, my God. oh wouldn't yeah. that be great? Yeah. <laughs> Scenario four. Billy breaks a window in his neighbor's car and his dad gives him a whipping. I, I assume that means like... Figurative whipping, not yeah. literally a whipping. No, it might be a whooping. Yeah, uh, whooping. Yeah. I'm thinking a whooping. I'm thinking there's a, there's a switch involved. 1957. Yeah. Billy is more careful next time. Grows up normal, goes to college, and becomes a successful businessman. Avoids having a good relationship with and his beats father. His children. <laughs> yeah, continues the cycle of abuse. 2016. Billy's dad is arrested for child abuse. Billy is removed to foster care and joins a gang. The state psychologist is told by Billy's sister that she remembers being spanked herself, and their dad goes to prison. Billy's mom has an affair with the psychologist. What? <laughs> wow. I love how far they take that. <laughs> oh my God. That is the obvious next step. That is yep. clearly what happens in every scenario yeah. like this, right? Right? No. Oddly specific. <laughs> I, I want to know who wrote the original letter and what they are projecting. <laughs> yeah. Scenario five. Oh God, there's more? Mark gets a headache and takes some aspirin to school. 1957. Mark shares his aspirin with a principal out on the smoking dock. <laughs> why Why are these students so chummy with the principals and constantly, like, sharing everything in 1957? That actually never happened either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> because Mr. Weatherby needed... <laughs> 2016. The police are called and Mark is expelled from school for drug violations. His car is then searched for drugs and weapons. Uh -huh. No. No. Okay, so this is, uh, oh boy. Scenario six. Pedro oh. fails high school English. 1957. Pedro goes to summer school, passes English, and goes to college. 2016. Pedro's cause is taken up by a radical group. Newspaper articles appear nationally explaining that teaching English as a requirement for graduation is racist. ACLU files a class action lawsuit against the state school system and Pedro's English teacher. English is then banned from the basic curriculum. Pedro is given his diploma anyway and ends up mowing lawns for a living because he cannot speak English. 
Wow. Wow. Well. Scenario seven. No. Johnny takes apart leftover firecrackers from the 4th of July, puts them in a model airplane paint bottle, and blows up a red ant bed. 1957. Ants die. <laughs> That's it. 2016. ATF, Homeland Security, and the FBI are called. Johnny oh. is charged with domestic terrorism. The FBI investigates his parents, and all his siblings are removed from their home. All computers are confiscated. Johnny's dad is placed on a terror watch list and is never allowed to fly again. Yes, I agree. You know, the no-fly list? Not really constitutional, guys. Let's, uh... Let's yeah. And his that. dad? Why is his dad on... He because was the one they, who was doing it. Because they house. found tons of fertilizer in it. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, in 1957, taking apart firecracker is probably going to get your hands or hands eyes blown, blown off. off. Yeah. Faster than you're going to kill ants. There's nothing wrong with it, guys. Are you not paying attention to this email? Yes, 1957 was a beautiful time. Or Tell nothing, me more. Nothing bad ever happened. No. Everybody Scenario eight. <laughs> Johnny falls while running during recess. Wait, is this the same Johnny? I. So does he have no hands? <laughs> We could just call him No Hand Johnny. No Hand Johnny. Yeah, yeah. That okay. would explain, like, lack of balance. Yeah. I, you know, I can yeah. see him falling over. Yeah. 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 Okay, continue. Uh, and scrapes his knee. He is found crying by his teacher, Mary. Mary hugs him to comfort him. 1957. Oh, no. In a short Johnny. time, Johnny feels better and goes on playing. 2016. Mary is accused of being a sexual predator and loses her job. She faces three years in a state prison. Johnny undergoes five years of therapy. This should hit every email inbox to show just how stupid we have become. And that is being polite. Well. So my initial response to this email was, oh, Jesus Christ, what a load of nonsense. Because this came from a family member, I uh, really didn't want to respond to it. Uh, like, I have trouble interacting with other people on the internet, generally speaking. Uh, uh, so, and some of that has to do with my my OCD, which I've talked about before. Uh, but but it, yeah, it feels really personal uh, because it's coming from a from a family member. So I thought that for me it would be really healthy if I could just file this away, never look at it again, not discuss it on a podcast, uh, <laughs> and and not respond. But as I thought more about it, not responding would allow these ideas to just propagate unopposed. And sure, I may feel terrible receiving this, but how much worse would somebody who's actually experienced, you know, some of these things that are talked about in this chain email or been victimized because they failed high school English, for example. Or were named Johnny. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like the, that, that would be terrible. And, you know, like the way I feel about it is not the, the be-all and end-all. And ultimately, I think that a little bit of discomfort that that I feel is less important than opposing the spread of these ideas. So after uh, several passes, uh, <laughs> making my reply a little bit nicer each time because I am sending it to a family member, this is what I sent. Hi, I found this email puzzling. It seems to paint a uh, rosy picture of some golden past that few ever got to experience. It yearns for a time when it was considered broadly acceptable to discipline minors or solve interpersonal disputes with violence. A time when we saw all manner of discrimination, both from government institutions and private citizens, against women, ethnic minorities, and LGBTQ people. Discrimination, by the way, that continues today. 
a time when much of Canada's Aboriginal population was not eligible to vote and were subject to rape and other abuses in the residential school system. A time when Alberta's eugenics board was forcibly sterilizing people. A time when lynchings were on the rise again and the KKK were bombing so many homes that Birmingham, Alabama was nicknamed Bombingham. A time when domestic abuse was rampant and the concept of marital rape wasn't even recognized. Why are these elements of life in the 50s absent from this email, I wonder? The chain letter also makes all sorts of dubious leaps of logic. A SWAT team is called in for a fistfight? Billy's mom has an affair with a psychologist? I mean, maybe if Billy's father wasn't an abuser, that might not have happened. But who knows what the rules of this fantasy universe really even are? You may have enjoyed the 50s, but keep in mind that not everybody did. And those who didn't had some pretty compelling reasons for not enjoying the 50s. By and large, I think that things are improving, and statistics with regard to rates of violent crime seem to bear that out. But who knows what the future holds? I find the rise of popular fascism in Europe, Japan, and North America to be particularly troubling, and I don't think that the contents of this chain letter contribute to the discourse in a productive fashion. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I would like to unsubscribe from this particular mailing list. <laughs> Jem. <laughs> Did you ever get a response? Uh, yeah, I did. And uh, uh, ISIS was brought up oh, and the enemies oh, of our geez. freedom and the fact that, you know, the, the, the brown hordes want to kill us all. But, yeah. in, you know, nicer language. But sure. that was the, the core thrust. Uh, I did get some uh, nominal concessions to my points, but it kind of went off in a different direction about how... Yeah. Yeah. You've you got a head pat in a lecture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well, there's a meme that's been going around that I think boils down your response into, uh, you know, why are people so nostalgic for the 50s? We still have milkshakes and racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so that was depressing. <laughs> Jem also has some good news. He has recently been appointed, voluntold, into being the uh, the new chairman of the board of Bad Science Watch. Yeah, Bad Science Watch. Uh, I've been on the board for uh, a few years now, and uh, Michael Cruz, who was serving as both the chair of the board and as our executive director, uh, was hoping to step back from uh, one of those roles. Doing everything. And, uh, <laughs> I was nominated and accepted the nomination for board chair and uh, was uh, elected at the AGM in September. So Yay. that's uh, that's yes. how I'm spending some of my uh, some of my copious free time. Yeah, <laughs> right, Huxley. Did you want to talk at all about the cool stuff that Bad Science Watch is doing? Yeah, well, I, like I was interviewed recently on the Reality Check, our fellow Canadian podcast that I'm quite fond of, about some recent changes that Health Canada is planning to make to the way self-care products, which include natural remedies, uh, are regulated. And the long and the short of it is their proposed regulatory framework is a risk-based framework. So uh, things that are generally low risk uh, are not necessarily going to be evaluated for their uh, scientific merit, but they're also going to get a disclaimer on the label basically saying Health Canada has nothing to do with this product mm -hmm. uh, and they, they won't be allowed to make specific health claims. So they get less of that uh, inferred... Yeah, yeah. Uh, because right now natural health products are approved by Health Canada and right, they get right. a, a specific uh, index number. And, and so with this specific disclaimer, you know, hopefully that will uh, 
eliminate some of the implied consent that Health Canada gives to these remedies now. And uh, for uh, medium and higher risk products, Health Canada is going to apply a very reasonable, it seems, standard of evidence, uh, you know, blinding controls. <laughs> uh, you need to actually study them, Yeah, have um, what they say on the tin. We do have some concerns about the way products are going to be sorted into these risk categories mm -hmm. because uh, currently the criteria are not very clear and so we have concerns that uh, with vague criteria for risk sorting uh, that's going to benefit the manufacturers rather than protecting oh, the consumers of these products. Yeah, but at least it's a step. Yeah, right, well, there's a something. lot of lobbying going on by health freedom advocates who want to kind of eliminate all regulation of these products uh, whatsoever. <laughs> so Health Canada actually recently finished a public consultation on the new regulations, and uh, we had a very successful campaign to get science advocates involved in those consultations, and we had a few hundred people it... Uh, based upon uh, traffic from our website to the consultation itself. It looks like we had uh, a few hundred people participate in the consultation. Okay. Uh, and we also participated ourselves, of course, and our position is available on badsciencewatch.ca, uh, our website. Uh, and uh, feel free to go there for more information about what we think of the proposed regulations. So with the consultation period over now, we'll see how things shake out. Yeah, hopefully we got enough people to participate that the natural health folk won't have all of the volume in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Last month, we presented uh, a takedown of several episodes of Unsealed Conspiracy Files. For that, Ooh. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery Skepticism Theater 3000. Yeah. I just started um, watching that, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's on Netflix now, including yep. Canadian Netflix, as well as Unsealed Alien Files, which we briefly mentioned at the end of the show. So go ahead and watch them. Webcam Guy is also in Unsealed Alien Files, just in <laughs> case you were curious and needed to know that. Webcam guy needs a Twitter. Like, just not not whatever his real name is, just webcam guy. <laughs> is he going to be as famous as Giorgio Tsoukalos? He doesn't no. have the hair. That's the guy with the hair. hair. And I think he's already oh, bald. Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Normally we wouldn't do two review shows so close together, but we were provided uh, with an interesting opportunity. The uh, Ray Comfort, I guess, their PR people reached out to me personally and sent me an email asking if I wanted an advanced screener of their new movie, The Atheist Illusion. And so naturally I replied immediately and said, yes, we would love one. <laughs> uh, the video is now available free on YouTube or at atheistmovie.com. You can go check out all of their propaganda. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That religion is just absolutely uncalled for. We're, we are just mere things floating on a rock in space. Believing in God makes no sense. It, it's, to, to me, it's the dumbest thing. We are not only figuratively, but literally stardust. Are you an atheist? I am. So you're an atheist? Yes. Yes, I am. I need to know what to believe in. Like what happens when you die? Yes, I don't want to be a bag of dust. Did you know that 54 million people die every year? People just like you and me who love life. If you were shown evidence, you would change your mind because you're open. Absolutely. I think I am open to evidence. It just would have to be extraordinarily compelling, like out of this world compelling. 
Has this made you think today? It definitely has. I'll definitely consider this eye-opening. Wow. I hope I get enough guts to get myself out of this stinking planet. You gonna kill yourself? Yeah, I'd like to. Can you see what you're doing? Yeah. I'm lying to myself. Uh, so the six of us sat down and watched the movie, and uh, we have some comments. <laughs> First of all, I'd like to say that it was shot on an iPhone, yes. and it looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, if nothing else, an ad for the iPhone, I think yeah. you mentioned okay, that. I just wanted to say that. And the way we know that is that lots of, it was, it's basically a Talking Heads interview, uh, and a lot of the people were wearing sunglasses, so it was a very bright day on a college campus, and you can see Ray Comfort there in the in their sunglasses, you know. <laughs> He was also very good acting style. as his own tripod. Yeah, yeah, just holding up his iPhone in, yeah, in front of Yeah, he was very him. steady. He was very it's, steady. Yeah. That's impressive. impressive. It must have had like a steady cam function or something. Uh, yeah, there is uh, there is an auto uh, auto steady function mm-hmm. in yeah. the iPhones, uh, which still. is especially good in the iPhone 6S Plus. Ooh. 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 <laughs> you uh, money off of this podcast, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Comfort, of course, uh, a lot of people will be familiar uh, with him, but if you're not, just do a YouTube search for The Atheist's Atheist's worst nightmare. Um, and it, you'll come up It's with, a fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Behold, the atheist's nightmare. He has a strangely friendly relationship with the atheist community, and I, I think it's because he enjoys a minor celebrity status. You know, Living Waters Ministries is not a big organization, but because they're so, uh, I guess, absurd and ridiculous, especially with that banana clip that went viral... <laughs> He, I, I think it makes him feel like a big man. <laughs> yeah, he gets to feel like he is notorious in some way. No, no, notorious. He's reaching out. Yeah, any attention is good attention sometimes. Uh, so the premise of, of the show uh, was laid out in the email. They are going to destroy atheism with one scientific argument. Just one. Though. Just one. That, that was uh, immediately broken. So who, <laughs> who is converted, by the way? <laughs> Uh, apparently, like five people in the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. five first-year college students that are too polite to end the conversation. Yeah, most of these people just looked like they wanted him to stop talking, but they were too nice to tell him to go away. Wow, I really enjoy being a. <laughs> b- I really should... wonder how much he paid them to actually Nothing. finish the conversation. We should mention that the full title of this film is "The Atheist Delusion: Why Millions Deny God." <laughs> well, wasn't there also um, the obvious? answer or something? I don't know. There was a bunch of different subtitles at different points. Oh, yeah, okay. I I obviously (laughs) stopped paying attention. (laughs) I was dazzled by the gorgeous use of stock photography. (laughs) There was kittens. There were, yeah. The cutest kittens. So it is worth watching for the pictures of baby animals. (laughs) Uh, Did anybody, before we got started, because we didn't, uh, you know, pre-record anything, uh, did anybody have a guess as to what the scientific argument was going to be before we watched the movie? I assumed it was going to be the cow eye thing. Mm. I thought it was going to be more interesting than it ended up being. Yeah. I thought at least, you know. It was kind of his same arguments that he's always been using, just very slightly modified. He goes on and on about how an atheist believes that nothing created everything. Maybe some atheists do. I I don't. I have no idea. Whatever, man. (laughs) He made a lot of sweeping statements about About what all atheists (laughs) believe, yeah. I would love to know what started everything. Yeah. Sure. I don't have yeah. the ability to find out. None of us do. Yet. 
And, and, and there are some, you know, compelling arguments for uh, how, you know, for how life got started from non-life, abiogenesis or biopoesis, as we talked about in yep. the pub quiz yesterday. Which you could uh, have been at, folks. And, and <laughs> there, are, uh, there are some interesting theoretical explanations for cosmogony, the, you know, how the universe, the cosmos itself came into being. But the fact that we don't know the answer to something doesn't mean that you can, to, to paraphrase Daryl Brian, uh, fill in the gaps with whatever fairy tale most appeals to you. Well, science doesn't know everything. Well, science knows it doesn't know everything. Otherwise, it'd stop. But it, <laughs> well, as well as that, you know, I would have But as well, just because science doesn't know everything doesn't mean you can fill in the gaps with whatever fairy tale most appeals to you. <laughs> Skycake. Jem, did you want to talk about the, uh, the central argument in the movie? Yeah, so... He shows all of these kids a gorgeous uh, a book full of the nature illustrations. It looks like a textbook. It's probably one of his creationist. I, I think it's actually yeah. It is, yeah, it, it is that um, that creation. A miracle this, world or something. Yeah, this it has creationist book that he's peddling, and it's got nature illustrations and a bunch of words in it. And he says, "Do you believe this book came from nothing? Do you believe that book could happen by accident? That nothing." Produce the color pictures in the book that red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet ink fell from the sky and formed itself into those beautiful pictures. And then black ink fell from the sky, or from nowhere, and formed itself into coherent words and sentences, capitals and periods and commas, making sense. Page numbers fell from the sky, all in order, and then it bound itself and formed itself into a cover with artwork, and there we have a book. And the periods and commas inserted themselves appropriately. <laughs> I'd be astonished if they were inserted appropriately. But... And then bound itself. Yeah, and bound itself. Uh, so, watchmaker argument incoming. <laughs> the klaxons went off, and he then goes into this uh, this uh, deluge of clips of scientists and science communicators talking about how DNA is the book of you. Everything that you are or ever will be made of starts as a tiny book of instructions found at each and every cell. Mm -hmm. Each of those clips did have the little disclaimer at the bottom saying, fair use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Don't sue me over this, guys. <laughs> DNA is described variously as a computer program or as an instruction manual, uh, a book. They that, said it was binary at one point. Yeah, it's quaternary. Uh, it, like, very clearly not binary, because binary has a specific meaning. It has a meaning, people! <laughs> um, but it's code, or an instruction manual, that creates you. And if a book can't make itself, uh, then clearly this book of you, the DNA, can't make itself. Because you've already admitted that a book can't make itself, so DNA can't make itself. And obviously gotcha. DNA is yeah. exactly the same as a paper-bound book. book. Yeah. Checkmate, atheists. Mind yeah. blown. Oh, yeah. Checkmate. I almost choked on a pee pod. <laughs> so this is... you. What he's doing is he's using a, a, an analogy. DNA is like an instruction manual. It is like this. It is like that. And taking he's, it way too far. <laughs> right. He, he's using an analogy that people use to try to get to like a, a kernel of a concept and explain it to a broad non-scientific audience and assuming that it is literally correct. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's not how analogies work. <laughs> uh, yeah, a book can't write itself. Things probably can't create themselves. But uh, he interviewed physicist Lawrence Krauss and Lawrence Krauss 
rightly points out, DNA doesn't make itself any more than a snowflake makes itself. It mm. is assembled uh, on the basis of interactions between physical objects in the universe. DNA doesn't make itself any more than a snowflake makes itself. A snowflake is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and, and it's assembled by nature. It doesn't make itself. It's the laws of physics and chemistry, polar molecules, that make this incredibly complex, beautiful structure. It isn't an instruction manual because it isn't something that somebody reads and then assembles you based on reading this instruction manual. It is literally just physical objects that interact together, and the way they interact together chemically and physically has a certain result, and that result is you. I thought it was really cool how he said, you know, it doesn't have to be, it's just the, the interactions between like the dipole moments, so how, how gravity basically is, is pulling on the teeny tiny atoms is why snowflakes assemble the way they, they do. You know, they don't need anybody to come and build them. You give me the laws of polar molecules and I'll give you a snowflake. There's no intent, no grand purpose, no, no design behind it. Even though they look designed, the illusion of design is an illusion. And I, I think that's a really accessible argument. Yeah. And so I, I'm definitely going to take that one and Except, use it. I don't right? know how accessible dipole moments is. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to... Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and Ray Comfort did say something about have God having to invent gravity for humans. Mm, right. That's true. Right, yes. yeah. If you see a boulder rolling down a hill, it doesn't mean that God put it there. It is. Yes, it does. It is interacting <laughs> with its environment according to the way physics works. And it's going to be a great song by Harry Chapin. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, but, you know, it might swerve down because it hits a curve, or it might bounce off of something and become airborne briefly. But the interactions that happen on a molecular level with DNA are just the result of physical processes, just like that boulder rolling down a hill. But wouldn't Christians say that, you know, the, the boulder was put there by God and uh, the path that it took was all a part of God's plan. Yeah, like if if you assume many kittens got crushed, that's right. all part of. <laughs> if <laughs> you assume your conclusion in your premise, then yes. I mean, if you want to make your your circular argument, then yeah. I love circular arguments. Yes. <laughs> but Jim, how did the first single cell organism know it needed to eat? <laughs> it didn't. It didn't have hunger yet. <laughs> Ray Comfort, like as, as you mentioned, Lauren, go, goes on this hilarious diatribe about how how did the chicken know how to eat before it had hunger? If it breathed air, was the air 20% oxygen as it is now, and why did the air evolve? And why did it evolve lungs? And how did it survive before it had lungs? And see before it had eyes, and think before it had a brain, and eat before it had an appetite? doesn't really make sense when you think about it because you've got to translate that to elephants, horses, cats, cows, human beings. Every living thing apparently evolved from stars had to evolve eyes and ears and a mouth and a nose and lungs and heart and kidneys. How did it see before it had eyes? Well, it didn't see it before it had like eyes. It wasn't like an eyeless <laughs> chicken wandering around going, man, I wish I could see what's on the ground right yeah. now. <laughs> Let me just pop out a couple eyes. Yeah. <laughs> what I was really sad about was how many, when he asked the inevitable question, chicken or egg, which came first? Which came first, the chicken or the egg? I'll have to say the chicken. The chicken. What do you think? The chicken. 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 How many of the university students said chicken? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That made me, I'm not going to say fear for the future, but it made me very sad. Yeah, his big stumper was literally, which came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> Like, 
I do want to point out something though. A lot of the interviews took place in front of a building that said liberal arts. I'm not generalizing, <laughs> yeah. but I'm you guessing are. that they're not all <laughs> science majors. <laughs> But every child goes through their dinosaur phase. Yeah. You gotta know there's dinosaur eggs. Some people more than Just, others. The lack of understanding that Ray Comfort displays for evolution is uh, always staggering. Like, mm-hmm. not only does he seem to think that you had a, that every part, whatever part means in this context, every part of like a chicken evolved independently. Mm-hmm. You know, like first you have a chicken that's just like a blob and then it evolves feet and then it evolves a beak and then it evolves eyes. Like it, it, we're starting from scratch every time. Then it evolves blood cells and then it evolves vessels and then it evolves a heart. <laughs> Let's go back to something more simple regarding that first chicken that came from the stars. Which came first in the chicken? Was it, was it its blood or its heart or its blood vessels? Which evolved first? I do not know the answer. Well, if it was the heart, why did the heart evolve when there was no blood? If it was the blood, why did the blood evolve when there was no heart to pump it around? If there are no blood vessels, how did the blood get around the body of the chicken to keep it alive if there's no heart to pump it? But it has to do it twice, because the males and females evolve <laughs> yeah. separately. He's, right. he's always like, yeah. well, what are the chances that you'd evolve both a male and a female? Well, he's clearly taking it from the Adam and Eve stance, where God created Adam and went, oh, I guess I could use something to go with this. So he's assuming that every other creature was like that. Slot A for tab B. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. (laughs) You're usually not. When he's talking about the uh, which evolved first, the heart or the blood or the blood vessels, how's it going to breathe if it doesn't have lungs? That it seemed to be like a really clumsy way of getting into a very common creationist argument, which uh, is irreducible complexity, mm. which we actually talked about way back on episodes 34 and 36 of the podcast. For my time. Yeah, uh, d- don't don't go back. Don't bother. Our early episodes. Yeah, yeah. We were discussing this last night. There's, yeah. there's a level where we, we started to gel. Yeah, right right now, our it is a, I guess, it's not really a bug in WordPress, but uh, we have a WordPress RSS feed, and so it only goes back 50 episodes. I, I call it a feature. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're. I, I think the, the last of the episodes that I'm not really proud of uh, is about to fall off the bottom. So go catch it now, folks. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're all on the website and on the blog. Ian, you are still on the list. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. we miss miss you, Ian. But we talked about this uh, way back on our Common Creationist Claims two-parter, and I think Ian was actually on that one. And so I'll just probably just repeat what I said then (laughs) about irreducible complexity just to get it out of the way, because it really bothers me that this is still around. But according to Michael Behe of the Discovery Institute, a system can be said to be irreducibly complex in cases where, if any part of the system is removed, the system as a whole ceases to function. So a classic example uh, that he uses to describe an irreducibly complex system is a mousetrap. It consists of a base, a spring, a hammer, and a catch, and it's clear that if any of these pieces are removed, the mousetrap no longer works. Behe contends that since evolution proceeds by adding parts to an existing system one by one, any precursors of an irreducibly complex system would have been useless and thus would not have evolved as a result of natural selection. Behe cites several examples of irreducibly complex systems in several organisms and concludes that such systems must have been intelligently designed. Something that I've actually never considered before 
is the idea that evolution also takes things away, right? So, yeah, yeah the eye doesn't really function without most of its... If you took a part away, it wouldn't really function. But when it was evolving, it had other stuff. Right. <laughs> Scaffolding. I don't, know, I don't know why I've never thought of it that way before. Like, I, I understand the arguments that why this is not a good argument. Um, but that's just something that clicked for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunately for Behe, this argument isn't actually really a new argument. It's, no. you know, like, um, people like Ray Comfort are fond of saying, what use is half a wing, right? Mm. And Behe does specifically ignore the thing that you point out, that evolution can remove uh, parts as well as add them. So uh, the Gothic arch is typically used as a counter uh, example to the mousetrap. Um, the Gothic arch is irreducibly complex. Remove any one stone from the arch and it will collapse. But that doesn't mean that you can't build it. Uh, it means it can't have been built piece by piece as it stands right now. But if scaffolding were installed as the arch were being built and then removed after its completion, we can still build the arch piece by piece without it falling. And Behe also ignores the fact that systems that are incomplete for one function may adequately serve another function. There are several plausible antecedent functions suggested for the very systems that Behe says are irreducibly complex. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you look at the eye, for example, Darwin himself, like, deals with that whole, like, how could the eye evolve, blah, 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 would have mm -hmm. been... And he talks about how even just a little light-sensitive patch on the skin can be very helpful yeah. for uh, uh, a small organism. I love how creationists will quote Darwin saying that, you know, the eye is, you know, a wonder and couldn't possibly have been designed. And then they, they cut it off the next right where yeah. he mm -hmm. goes on to explain it. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. to answer the question, what uses half a wing? Have you ever seen a fucking penguin? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there are alternate uses. Uh, and, you know, you can look at, we have solid evidence for fully plumaged theropod dinosaurs right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. That couldn't mm -hmm. fly. But their feathers were used for other purposes. But they still didn't put the feathers in Jurassic World. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They just wanted it to be consistent with the other films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which are all great, and none of them are terrible. <laughs> Clever girl. <laughs> I have issues with their DNA thing. <laughs> well, you can just fill in the gaps with, with frog DNA, right? That's, that's how that works. I have issues. Any kind of lizard is fine. They're completely we just compatible. watched the, the new one. Oh, yeah? Like last week or two weeks ago. Just whatever, last week. recently. Just like and a monster movie, right? <laughs> yeah. It was filling in this new dinosaur with other... It just... No. Yeah, it just <laughs> patches together. I don't care Yeah, it's how just like a chimera, is. right? Yeah. I don't care yeah. how cute Chris Pratt is. I, I gave up right there when they're like, no, we just filled it in with trade secrets. <laughs> that Guardians 2 is coming out and he, he will rise in our, uh, our estimation once again. It's okay. Everybody needs a paycheck. Everybody needs some of that sweet Jurassic Park money. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he finishes up with the uh, with all the science stuff. We're back to Ray Comfort now, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Not Chris Pratt. He, he goes on uh, with the preaching and the scare tactics. Because if God exists, there's possibly a way past death. <laughs> it means there's a way past the thing you have to face, this thing called death that consumes everyone. The music in this movie was both. There was the terrifying music... And then there was the sad music. And then there was the terrifying music again. And Laura kept getting, like, angry. <laughs> well, it was...
was just, it was so obviously there for effect. Like, this would have been, not that this was a great watch by any means, but had you taken that out, it would have been the worst thing ever. <laughs> like, it just would have been terrible. So empty. And it always lasted way too long. Yeah. Yeah. It was not, it, like, it was there for effect, but the effect wore off, and then I just got mad that they couldn't think of anything better to do with their time. <laughs> they could have used Ian. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to me that Ray Comfort would be that guy who's the last one at the party, and the hosts are, like, already in their pajamas, and he's still, like, talking to the dog about his scientific breakthroughs. Yep. And Get out! Go just home. go home, Ray. Yeah. Exactly. After uh, Ray finished uh, with his little little sermon, uh, we got this like hit of inspirational music and this montage of people like water skiing and stuff. And I'm like, what is this? Like a like a car ad, an ad for the Olympics? And Laura said, no, it's a it's a tourist ad. Yeah, it, it, it totally to our was. City. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it even ended with a firework display. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, we have all this cool things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he was demoing this this whole thing as like an ad for his new book, I guess, which is a creationist textbook uh, with a bunch of examples of innovations that were copied from nature, like how mm -hmm. the camera is just an eyeball. Uh, I think that was yeah. one of the oh, examples that we things saw. In the things were predicted in the Bible that we didn't know about the science. Right. Yeah. And earthworms are, you know, they stole the design from an earthworm to make a tunnel digger machine. Look for it in school yeah. board in Texas near here. <laughs> so let me let me ask you a question. You think hell exists? Th things get dark here, you know. Okay, see if I can convince you of that. All right. If a man raped your mother and cut her throat, he should be punished. Yeah. No, I I don't believe in punishment. Sorry. I mean, we should prevent people from doing that. That's yeah. Why I really wanted Brendan here. Well, what does like punishment accomplish after after the fact? Like that those thirst delicious for vengeance. feelings of vengeance. Yeah, yeah like that seems yeah. pretty unhealthy to me. See, eye for an eye. And and he says, like, if God is good, how can there not be a hell? Mm. What do you call that? That's wishful thinking. Like that's what that is. It was also promoting his Nazi book. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is Hitler and God or whatever? Yeah. yeah. There, there must be a loving God that has a hell because otherwise the Nazis didn't get punished. Yeah. Otherwise, I would feel really bad about things that happened in history. Well, yeah. you know what? History you is should... fucking horrible. You should, you should feel, bad. feel bad. Yeah. 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 You, you know what? That bad feeling. Yeah. That bad <laughs> feeling is is useful. Yes. Well, yeah. Those who do not remember history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, Absolutely. over and this over. Uh, this episode will be coming out after the the election results are in. Yeah, we, we don't yet know who the next president of the United States will be. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so he used this to launch into questioning these university students about their fornication and porn habits. Oh yeah, super uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. like, do you, do you watch porn? Look at pornography. Mm, no. Tell lies all the time. <laughs> so you do look at pornography. No, I, I mean, everybody does. It's not like it's not like nobody does, but so you do. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> the porn the, that you love and your fornication with your the, girlfriend. And the guy's like, like, no. He's like, oh come on, really? He's like, like, well, yeah, everybody I, I does. I, yeah, I, I don't watch it since I've got a girlfriend. So you're a fornicator. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to because you're fornicating. Yeah. So he's going through and he's quizzing them on like, have you ever lied? Have you ever stolen, stolen Well, it's this classic thing. Like, he yeah. starts off with, are you a good person? Yeah. And and then he uses, if you've ever made any mistake or done anything wrong, that makes you a bad person. 
Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. What about you? Yeah. But I, like, I don't understand fundamentally why, if you've ever done anything wrong that makes you a bad person, why doesn't it make you a good person if you've ever done anything good? <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's pass-fail. Because <laughs> hypocritical. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're, she's going through the Ten Commandments and quizzing these students, like, super awkward. Um, he also found, like, the one angriest white a- old atheist <laughs> yeah. who... Like, yes, I want to die. Yeah, yeah. I want to kill myself because Poor everything God. is terrible. Oh, mm. so that was unfortunate. Um, it also seemed like the only guy he could find on the beach who would talk to him, because everybody else had more <laughs> yeah, fun to be having. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, it was the only shot that was in a different location. It was, nobody else was like there. It was really bizarre. We yeah. need one more, guys. One more! <laughs> Somebody who's not, you know, not 18. 18. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to wonder, how, like, how many people he actually interviewed to get these, like, you know, these eight people that yeah. he actually talks to. Who all seem to convert in the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And what footage we didn't see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The cutoffs were quite blatant in some places. Yeah, and right in the middle of somebody speaking. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yes, I guess I believe in a god. Bang. Yeah. Jump <laughs> yeah. cut. Yeah, you, like, you can see them opening their mouth to, like, say something can else. Can I go nope, home nope, now? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If confession. I say I like, I'll, can I go? No. Yeah. talk about false no. confessions and police tactics and another... <laughs> yeah, right. So, you're in front of a judge. You're on trial. But somebody steps in and pays your fine. That's Jesus, everybody. That's what Jesus did for you. Because that's 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 how courts work, right? Like somebody can just pay your fine, yeah. I guess, for civil matters. But th- this is right after he's talking about like rape and murder and well, stuff. What about the punishment? He's talking about how God is, you know, justice and God is just and you know, not just merciful, but also just. But God also is totally fine with you getting off scot-free <laughs> so long as somebody is punished, which is totally how justice works, right? Like, imagine you're in front of a judge because you've, you know, murdered a bunch of people, and then suddenly a guy runs in, long hair, beard, flowing robes, and he's like, hold on, kill me instead. And the judge is like, yeah, okay, I'll allow it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Substitutional it, it, atonement is ridiculous. It worked for Barabbas. Well, but yeah, but so, if, we, if that wasn't a thing, how would there be so many movies about patsies? <laughs> if this works, though, then could Hitler just accept God and then he would be fine? I'm or sure that was in the other Hitler movie. I'm, sh- I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I think no, that's Hitler, how it works. You the just... Hitler movie was Abortion with Ray Comfort, wasn't it, the last one? I don't know, I didn't watch it. Uh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Hitler yeah. was a book. Well, he, 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 he talks about Hitler a lot. Hitler's a uh, moneymaker for him. Yeah, but the movie Gosh. he did was like abortion. Well, yeah, and he focuses entirely on uh, faith, not works. Yeah. Like, that's Ray Comfort's yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you read the Bible selectively, which Ray Comfort claims not to do, but mm-hmm. uh, you, you, know, you can make you an argument for either just faith and works don't matter, or just works and faith doesn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, so that, George that... Michael or Prince. What else was in the movie that was terrible besides all of it? <laughs> <laughs> the nature shots were good. Yeah. Yeah, they were beautiful. It looked they were good. kittens. They were kittens. And a hummingbird. And a baby gorilla. <laughs> I thought it was an orangutan. No. Oh, no, was it a kind no. of like flat was, face with the there orange? There was a few um, primates in there. All primates look alike to me. All primates, yeah. though. Yeah. Because they, yeah. were, they were showing yeah. shots of different humans and saying, like, blonde people and red Blonde redhead brunette. Yeah, and, yeah. and the redhead was a, was a primate. 
Yeah. And well, the blonde was a cabbage patch yeah. doll. Yeah. <laughs> the only one that's human is a, is a brunette. So, yeah. So, yeah, me and Dave wrote. <laughs> We're orangutans. No, that's fair. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. a, that's a fair call. And I, I have to point out, as a mother who is breastfeeding a baby, when they showed, like, the perfect family natural picture, the parents were bottle feeding their baby. Like, they couldn't have found a nursing picture. And Laura got jealous. <laughs> come on, Huxley, come on! I'm just saying, when you're, stick- when you're going with all this natural God-created thing, it wasn't exactly uh, congruent with your point. But God created boobs for the adulterers. Apparently. Yeah. Not for the babies. No. <laughs> and so, I mean, as previously mentioned, they after they quizzed them about you know, how they were definitely terrible people, and so if there was a hell, they agreed that they were probably going there. And so it ended with them being like, well, so are you going to go home and think about this? Like, yeah. You know, and do you think you're going to so. dedicate your life to Jesus now? Yeah. <laughs> and when are you going to do that? Like, and the one guy was like, well, I guess as soon as possible. And Ray Comfort was like, today? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. It's like, what if you die tonight? Yeah. Well, I guess, I, gotta, uh, I guess I'll head to church instead of class. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The whole movie was just kind of like, okay. It was just a series of young people feeling uncomfortable, but yet compelled to continue answering questions. Yeah. That's really all I took from this Well, we whole came thing. up with the, the alternate subtitle of Ray Comfort abuses the social contract to make children speak to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. He shows a college campus, so he's like, well, most of them are probably over 18. <laughs> <laughs> You'd fit in well with her yeah. trophy-wearing folk. gonna send this review to Ray Comfort or the people who sent you the, the request. Well the then review. they won't send me any more movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that this is this is entirely what they intend, right? True, yeah. Like they they just want they it's, just want publicity, right? Yeah. Well, well you know, we'll link to their YouTube press. video in the in the yeah, show notes. I'll get the traffic. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jem wants to talk about some dude who just died. Yeah, so you folks heard of uh, Jack Chick? Yeah. <laughs> so so on October 24th, uh, so just, just last week as we're recording this, Jack Chick's website, chick.com, posted the following update. Our beloved Jack Chick has gone to be with our Lord. He was 92. The Jack Chick, the creator of the infamous Chick Tracts, died in his sleep on the 23rd of October 2016. Many atheists have a fondness for his tracts, which rail against everything from tabletop gaming to masonry, which actually really confused me uh, until I realized that he was talking about Freemasonry, not bricklaying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's what, what is wrong with building buildings, I know. Yeah, no, he really has it in for masons. <laughs> so, uh, w- with Jack Chick in mind, I'd like to end our episode today with a game that I'd like to call Jack or Fiction. <laughs> I'm going to present the name and brief synopsis of a Chick tract, and I'd like you to tell me whether it's real or whether... I made it up. I've got a predetermined order here to keep things fair for everybody, uh, and you tell me whether it's Jack or fiction. We're going to start with Dark Dungeons. After her cleric reaches level 8, Debbie learns that Dungeons and Dragons is a recruitment tool for a real-life witch coven. So we'll start with Laura. Jack or fiction? Jack. Ashlyn? Jack. Lauren? Jack. Ash? Jack. Dave? Fiction. 
<laughs> this is the one I've seen most often because yeah. it gets mocked so widely. Yeah. This, this is, uh, I started us off with an easy one and, and Dave fell on the sword <laughs> there. Uh, th that is indeed a real track. It's probably his most famous. Uh, Dark Dungeons. You can find uh, this and all of these at chick.com if you really, really want to. <laughs> so, track two. We're going to start with Ashland this time. Got to catch them all. Obsessed with a new monster-catching video game, young Billy breaks into his friend's house to steal his copy, only to be caught by his friend's father, a pastor who shares the good word. Mm, uh, see, I thought it was going to be about Pokemon Go, and that's, I think, too recent. Because I think he retired. Uh, I'm going to say fiction. Jack. Fiction. Jack. Hmm. <laughs> What's that, Huxley? What you say? Little um, fiction. That is fiction. I made that one up. I, I I wanted to throw a pun in there, God to catch them all, but uh, I, I restrained myself. <laughs> so that one we would have known. Yep. Okay, track three. We're gonna start with Lauren this time. Uh oh. In the beginning. A biologist is plagued by dreams in which dinosaurs drag him to hell. The dreams finally subside when he visits a museum that shows him the true history of life on this planet. I'm just going to answer Jack for all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're going to go with C. Might be a solid strategy. Ash? I'm going with fiction. Okay. Dave? Jack. Okay. Laura? Jack. And Ashlyn? Oh, it's so hard because it's so ridiculous, but it's like exactly his brand of ridiculousness. Yeah. Jack. It is fiction. Yeah, I worked really hard on that one. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad just, I captured it. It was just missing a little. Okay, so uh, the next one is, and we'll start with Ash. Okay. Halo? Question mark. <laughs> a elite gamer learns that a high score isn't enough to get him into heaven, and the battle against Satan's forces of darkness is far too real. Jack or fiction? He uses such extreme words as elite gamer. Yeah, I'm going to call fiction on that one, but I'm not 100% certain. Dave? I'm going to go Jack. Laura? Do people actually say elite gamer? Yeah. I don't think it matters whether people say it. <laughs> it matters yeah. what Jack would say it. But, but that's the thing. It's like, it, it needs to have been, I feel like it needs to have been said somewhere for him yeah, to pick up on it. Yeah, it was a, it was a thing. Oh, yeah, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. 10, that's 10 okay. 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't know. I'm right, they would teabag the character. Right. God, I, I hate nerds. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of self loathing. Uh, Jack. Ashlyn? Jack. Lauren? Jack and Coke. And once again, Ash takes it. That was, that was a picture oh. again. We're not allowed to play our games anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> after I made this one up, I actually did a quick search, and Jack Chick did tweet. On the 8th of May, 2015, I might make a tract about the Halo video games. <laughs> but he never did. He did not. Okay. I'm sorry we missed that. But yours was a reasonable substitute. <laughs> the next one, starting with Dave. Big Daddy? That's <laughs> the name of the tract. I'm not, you know, uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, a science teacher tries to kick a Christian boy out of his classroom, only to be shown the error of his ways when the student explains that the protons in an atom are held together by Jesus. I'm going fiction. Ashlyn? Jack. Lauren? Well, apparently I don't know Jack, but I'm still going to go Jack. <laughs> Laura? Fiction. I'm going to say Jack. That is Jack. Ah. Uh... 
I feel like I remember seeing the protons held together by, by Jesus. Jesus thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a claim that a few people make. I didn't I'm not sure if it originated with Jack Chick, but it is pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yes. He personally so, holds them every atom together. What happened in the Old Testament then? <laughs> Got the whole world. No, I, I think you're missing the section where um, everything in the Old Testament was was nullified by the New Testament. Right. Don't worry mm. about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Three, Three thousand years of just don't worry about it. Just, okay. Yeah. Well, just yeah. Don't worry. You you haven't you know you, you're forgetting about the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word is also Jesus. Basically, <laughs> praise Jesus. Uh, so it, it, Jesus pre-existed his you know the his Trinity was always there. Yeah. Blah blah blah. It's a whole bunch of retconning. <laughs> <laughs> Comics got it somewhere. Uh, so. The next one, starting with Lauren, is Boom! On Halloween night, Satan, wearing a jack-o'-lantern on his head, murders a bunch of kids with a chainsaw before being rebuked by a churchgoer. That's not how Sleeping Hollow happened. (laughs) (laughs) Some good (laughs) one-liners. Jack. Laura. Jack. Ashlyn. I feel like he must have hated Halloween, but I also... He hated fun. uh, Yeah. I'm not sure about the Chainsaw Massacre thing? I'll still go Jack. Ash? Fiction. And Dave? Uh, I'll go Fiction. That is just way too many bad horror movies just randomly thrown together. I was very surprised to find this is true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, wow. It is. Halloween wow. is obviously the most evil of all oh, holidays. Yeah, so clearly it includes a chainsaw massacre. Which is obviously. super funny because <laughs> Halloween is like his biggest season. Yeah. There's this, there's always this big push for first it was to give tracts away instead of candy. Yeah. But yeah. then people just wouldn't come to your house. So now he suggests <laughs> wrapping candy. wrapping a tract around the candy with well, an elastic band. Well, now he doesn't band. suggest anything. Well, okay, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the next one, starting with Laura, is The New Religion. Jill discovers that the self-help group she attended with her friend Karen is a front for a sinister space church that threatens to share her secrets with the world unless she joins. Uh, Sinister space church? (laughs) Oh, I... This sounds like the kind of thing that would totally be a tract, but I think Jem might have written this one. (laughs) In, in my spare time, that's, that's how I'm uh, making ends meet. I'm ghostwriting all of these tracks. I'm gonna go with fiction only because, not because I don't, there's probably a tract that's like it, but I think Jem, I think this is Jem's concoction. Ashlyn? I'm just gonna keep going Jack. <laughs> Ash? Jack. Dave? Jack. Lauren? I have the same misgivings that Laura does, but I'm just gonna keep going with my Jack streak. Well, Laura takes it, because I made that one up. <laughs> <laughs> He talks a lot, Should've so I know what he writes like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that's Sometimes. why I summarized all of them in, in my own voice. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, okay, so let's move on to uh, Ashlyn. A young boy at a fan convention learns that the pointy-eared science officer he always looked up to actually worships the cold logic of the devil. <laughs> And sings about Bilbo Baggins in his spare time. <laughs> in the middle of the earth, in the land of Shire, lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire. With his long wooden pipe, fuzzy woolly toes, he lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo. 
bravest little hobbit of them all. Yeah, he probably hated Spock. But we just had a fiction. <laughs> you probably use a randomizer on these anyway. I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to, to remove any predictability, and because I know humans are really bad at making things actually random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I write it's them all and I randomize them. Ian worships the devil. Sure, Jack. Ash? Jack. <laughs> Dave. Fiction. Lauren? Well, I just want to say, first of all, that Nimoy's photography was amazing and beautiful, and I appreciate a look at it. Really? Agreed. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to go with Jack. Laura? I'm going to go with Jack, too. And Dave is the sole winner here. Oh. I think huh. and that might be Dave's first point. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that uh, I made that one up. It was... Very proud of that one. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, surprisingly, uh, I actually, I was, all, I think I only had one left to write, and I stumbled across on Rational Wiki uh, a list of things that Jack Chick strangely, like, didn't have a tract about, and Star Trek is one of them. Oh. He apparently has no tracts about Star Trek. Hmm. Yeah. This tract is Ash. Global Climate change is revealed to be the false prophecy of scientists who pray to the pagan goddesses uh, Ixchel and Gaia. It is Jesus who controls the climate. Jack. <laughs> Very certain. Dave. Oh, I'm gonna just have to go with Jack because that, that is way too much certainty. Lauren? So Jesus is the dad who can tell when somebody's moved the thermometer, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who, who moved the thermostat? Therm You're paying this bill! <laughs> My alarm went off. Did your thermostat okay? <laughs> That's a Jack. Uh, Laura. Jack. Ashlyn. Jack. Scientists who pray to pagan gods. <laughs> and that is indeed an original Jack. <laughs> you wouldn't have tripped over the goddesses' names if you had written it. You think so? You probably uh, would have looked up this. Yeah, you would. You would have written it phonetically. I read this yeah. tract. <laughs> <laughs> and the final tract. The Little Princess. We'll start with Dave on this one. A terminally ill girl's last wish is to trick-or-treat at Halloween. She dies that night, but the last house that she visited gave her a chick tract, which saved her soul just in time. Ooh, that's pretty meta. Jack. Laura? I want to say Jack, but ha not ha I think I've read one uh, chick tract really? in my life. Yeah, this is not a thing I encountered until Jem told me about this. Oh, I'm, I'm going like, to pay for your house. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering, is that, like, are chick tracks that self-serving? That nakedly self-serving? That nakedly... Yeah, like, are, like, I, like, this is a thing I don't actually know. So I want to, based on the other content, I want to say that they are, but I really don't know. Ah, Jack, what the hell? <laughs> uh, Ashlyn. Yeah, I think going back to what you were saying about him trying to convince people to give them away, I think this would be the perfect vehicle. If you want to convince people to give away your tracks, and you think tracks are the best way to convince people of things, you would make a tract about giving your tracks away. Right? <laughs> so, Jack! Sound logic? <laughs> it's it's very circular reasoning, <laughs> which, you know, as, as we know, this uh, uh, chick is fond of. Uh, Lauren? So he put a tract in a tract, so you can track what you tracked. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think that's how that works. Jack. <laughs> and Ash. I'm going to say fiction. That is a real one. Woo, the Little it? Princess is a real one. I was astonished 
to find a, ch a chick tract referenced in a chick tract. And it wasn't just any tra tract. It was, very, it was very clear that it was a jack chick tract. He's not usually that self-serving, yeah, no. but it, yeah. Uh, I think that they need to make a toilet paper roll that is made completely <laughs> of jack chick tracks. That must exist. I feel like that has to exist somewhere. If it doesn't, it has to. So, like, <laughs> it needs to be a thing. <laughs> I think you have a new business idea. Yes. <laughs> Come on, internet. You can do this. So our final scores here, if uh, unless I've made an error, which maybe our listeners can, can check. We have Dave with three. Laura with four, Woo. Lauren and Ash tied with five, and Woo. Ashlyn with six. How did Ooh. I win that one? Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> oh no my idea. goodness, wow, okay, yay Maybe because you, you heard of this guy before this week. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dave has just like lived in this well, zen yeah, but world. Ash had read a bunch of them. <laughs> well, yeah, Ash, Ash was really close, but I got them on a couple. I'm a winner. So this has been a lot of fun, but it's important to keep in mind, I think, that as ridiculous as Jack Chick's beliefs are, or were, he preached a gospel of fear and hatred, and he targeted children. We're recording on uh, October 30th, and tomorrow many children are going to find his tracts in their Halloween bags. Amidst all the hair pulling over pagan rituals and evolution in those tracts, there's a lot of truly awful rhetoric about gender, sexuality, and minority religions that can be really harmful to kids. The 2014 strip Home Alone, for example, complains that, quote, the gays played the sympathy card, and it's paid off. Gay brainwashing floods our TV channels with gay sitcoms, gay news, and gay films. I wish that was true. Yeah, <laughs> up top. <laughs> the strip explains that while its main character, Coach Brad, claims he was born gay, he actually became gay after being raped in Juvie Hall, and that oh. turned him into a sexual predator. Jack Chick is dead. His particular brand of hatred, however, is not. Uh, and I'm sorry that that's a downer way to end this, but... <laughs> Times are changing? Yeah, yeah Be the I change so. you want to see in the world? <laughs> the standard you walk past is the standard you accept? Is that a thing? Yeah. I think that's a thing. Oh, we're just saying, like, like, aphorisms now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay well, with that. Yeah. Thank you for the game, Gem. Always entertaining. It was my Even pleasure. Infuriating this time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks all of you for joining us for the recording today. It was a lot of fun to have a big group to chat. Yeah, we haven't mm -hmm. had like a big group in a while. So uh, next time on Life, the Universe, and Everything Else, we're going to do our annual L-U-E-E -E holiday special. Yay! Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. And sign up for our newsletter. <laughs> and read Bad Science Box. <laughs> and come to events. Come to all our events. They're great. Oh, yeah. Like, those escape rooms. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah, we've been doing an escape room every month, and it's just such a great synergy. Can I use the word synergy that's not in a boardroom? <laughs> not without a jam in the room. Yeah. Um, of, like, teamwork yeah. and critical thinking and logic and trying to match up clues to totally seemingly unrelated things. It's just a ton of fun. You should come out and join us for one of those. You've been listening to Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to suggest a topic for the show, send us an email at lueepodcast at winnipegskeptics.com. If you want to show your support, give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook, or just share the show with a friend. Our music is produced by the very talented Ian James. And this episode was edited by Jem Newman.
talk to me about life. Podcast lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm sorry. Go into thy ways and my ways. It's been stuck in my head all day. I don't know the rest of the words now. That's just perfectly okay. <laughs> this is all fine. Everything is fine. Everything is great. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. I love how popular that song was, despite the fact that within the context of the film, it's <laughs> yeah. super sinister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for the... Oh, I'm sorry. First of all... <coughs> I needed to get a word in, apparently. <laughs> Man. But uh, if you if you see cute baby cops, like father, like son, um, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in hell? Yeah. That accent is just getting worse and worse. Say, a little bit more Aussie in that, please. He is a Kiwi. Thank you. Not that my accent knows the difference. Uh, New Zealand is, is just as nasal as Aussie, but you make everything sound like you're saying with the, the, with the letter I. <laughs> Oi, oi, better. bread. We watched a lot of uh, MasterChef New Zealand. <laughs> so most of our terms are Chiabata bread. But God also is totally fine with you getting off. I realized that I'd stopped in the wrong place and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh start talking again before yeah. they jump in. No, no, no. Didn't make it. Too late. <laughs> So God, God is totally fine with you getting off scot-free. <laughs> so long as... He doesn't have his beard of protection anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm uh, Shorn. I'm recording this episode beardless. He and Huxley look a lot alike. <laughs> we could go back Huxley's to the uh, headphone again that we had to abandon. I'm making too much noise with my beard! Oh, yeah, yeah. In some of the outtakes from our early episodes, we, like, we were recording using, like, headsets, and I, I, I couldn't. I had to, like, hold it in front of my face, and then I got a new mic, because it kept rustling in my beard. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, no, I'm really not good at my, uh... No. <laughs> Your creepy dude impression. <laughs> it's been a while since he's is dated. <laughs> I say, is this how he hit on you? <laughs> I, I, I had mutton chops back then. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, they were awful. I liked him anyway. Oh, true love. I don't know, his beard... I liked his beard. It's kind of grizzly, but... It definitely suited him. He's got, like, this whole Fisher Stevens thing going on. He does! Oh, yeah. He yeah, does. Yeah, 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 I can see that. Yeah. Well, it's a lot better It's a lot better than Ken Ham's, like, werewolf impression. <laughs> like... <laughs> so now that we're done uh, talking about the movie and we've gotten into beard shaming... Uh, like, was, was I there? You yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, Diwali's worldwide did I? winter. Yeah. Well, f- uh, we about <laughs> this is good to know. We're just dating. What are we calling this episode? Have you ever seen a fucking penguin? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen them mating. <laughs> <laughs>